Welcome to Sin 315. We're here to encourage and equip Christians to engage in the adventure of sharing Jesus with those that God puts into their life. And we're so glad you're here. Hey everybody, as you've heard more than once here, we banned the word excited because we use it too much, but too bad. I've unbanned it again. It's like the overturning of a Supreme Court ruling. Uh, <laughs> can we say stoked? <laughs> yeah, as we can say, we're totally stoked. You know what, Matt? I know you feel it. I see the smile on your face. We should go YouTube yeah. sometime, right? Yep. But just the people that God has put into our lives that we get to hang out with, that we get to serve with and do life with all the ups and downs of it it's amazing i'm overwhelmed by it yes sir and why don't you introduce who we have to share with everybody today okay i gladly do that the person that we have on today is someone who i look up to and admire greatly he has greatly influenced my life he's pulled me out of depression and he's helped me be able to manage and live a life with physical pain, but still be able to go about my day as if I'm a normal person. And I am infinitely grateful to him for that. So ladies and gentlemen, today we have <laughs> Pastor Michael Cook with us. Michael Cook, welcome to Ascent 315. Well, thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here and such a privilege and an honor. It's there's so funny because I want to. I've got a couple of snapshots. So, for the people that don't know you, there are some that are listening that don't know you. Uh, number one, we have this thing that we get to do sometimes, especially at women's conferences, and there'll be hundreds and hundreds of women there. And at the end of one day, Linda Hoffman, who is actually recording with us within the next 30 days, that's going to be exciting. Yep. And she asks some of the men in the church to come and pray over the women after this session. And so many times she's told that a lot of the women have never been prayed for by a man. And it's amazing. So it's incredible for me. I love it. One time I had a trail run. I slipped trying to catch Jim Bennett and smashed my head open. I had blood just pouring down my face. We'll have a picture of it. Oh, yeah. Like in the show notes. Yeah, sure. That'll be delightful. My wife will not even look at this picture. I end up all bloody and smiling and did not catch Jim Bennett that time. And I, you know, they taped me up and I went off to pray for women. Now, fortunately, it's a little dark in the sanctuary, so they can't see how gruesome it is. It's probably still dripping. But what's really funny is every single one of those conferences, Michael Cook has the longest line of anybody. Yeah. I go and complain to the women afterwards, hey, you didn't come to my line, what's the deal? What's the matter, man? Come on, what's up? You, oh, you needed real prayer. So Michael, that's number one, the longest line. And the other part is when people talk about how someone has touched their lives, they say the things that you just said, Matthew, about Michael. And still, unless he's cunning and hides it so well, he is one of the most humble men mm -hmm. I have ever met in my life. And you're a man that I want to be like, Michael. Me too. So. Well, thank you so much. It's, I can't believe that you're saying all these things. That's really, really good. Thank yeah, you. and I, we pretty much didn't make up any of it. None of we? it. No, no, no. no. True. <laughs> <laughs> well, Michael, I wanted to to share you with uh, the listeners. The, the people that listen to this are people who either want to share Jesus with other people in their life and feel like they could get better at it, or there's a group of people who want 
to want to. Mm -hmm. And they don't really want to, but they feel a little guilty. And so they're listening in. And you, for me, personify sharing the love of Jesus. So it might not be passing out tracks and bullhorns and maybe you've had a season of your life where you ran down a street and <laughs> shouted, Jesus is Lord. I don't, I'm pretty sure that has happened with yes, you. Yes, that happened. But just, I think that there's people who feel guilty about not uh, evangelizing or they compare themselves to somebody else because they are different than somebody who's got fireworks stories and stuff like that. But really, doesn't it just boil down to sharing the love of Christ? Yes, sharing the love of God that is given you <clears throat> through you to, to those around you just by everyday expressions, smiles, hugs, not just words. Yeah. But it's mainly how we show our love for people and demonstrate it rather than talk about it. Yeah, so much so. Yeah. What's uh, the saying, your life speaks so loudly that I can't hear a word you're saying, and not yeah. necessarily in a good way, Yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me ask you this. Why don't you bring people up to speed on the current journey and adventure that you're on? Because I know a lot of people have been praying for you and, are, uh, and want to know how you're doing, what's up, and so can you tell us where you're at right now? Sure. On March 9th I, of this year, 2022, I, I discovered that I had pancreatic cancer, stage four. It was inoperable. It couldn't give me radiation treatment. They could only give me chemo, a chemotherapy, like one drug out of a concoction that they wanted to give me. That would keep me going. And then for the rest of my life, I would have to take chemotherapy pills until they died and were asked to not have it anymore for quality of life purposes. So that started March 9th, and a lot of things have happened since then. I was going to take chemotherapy, and I go that route and stuff, and my, my mom died of cancer, my dad died of cancer, my sister died of cancer, and I decided I didn't want to die that way. So I would either die quickly or live, mm -hmm. you know. So anyway, I, I chose to do all integrative therapy, and natural means, since God is the God who heals you, Jehovah Rapha, yeah. he's the great physician anyway. So whether he uses doctors, medicine, or, or whatever, it's him. Yeah. So I don't put any faith or trust in any of the treatments or any of the doctors or any of the things like that. I put my faith and trust in God himself. Amen. The cancer closed off my common bile duct, and they had to put a stent in to open it back up. Then it closed off my small intestine, and I put a stent in it, and it helped for two or three days, and then it slipped or something, and it didn't work anymore. So they had to go in and put a bigger one in. Oh, boy. Yeah, so that's where I am right now. Now, in the meantime, I've lost weight. I've gone from uh, 235 pounds to 155. That's 80 pounds in six months. And I'm having trouble keeping weight on. Yeah. But my diet is so restricted that I can't eat certain things. And then the cancer causes diabetes, which is I can't eat certain things. And then the stents in my small intestine right after my stomach, which means it doesn't digest very much. I have to be very careful of what they eat so it can make it through the stent. So basically, whatever I want to eat, whatever tastes good or love, I can't have. Uh. You know. <laughs> You know, one thing about it is a few weeks ago, we had a young guy on who's another big fan, okay? And his name's Drew Miles. Oh, yeah. And he says he reaches out to you all the time and said, uh, hey, did you hear 
down at the clinic that Michael was at, what he's doing down there. And he started telling us about it. You're not a guy who really talks yourself up, you know, big PR guy for Michael Cook. But can you explain what was going on down there? Because the pictures that I get right now is you're very busy, intentionally living. Yes. So that was part of it. So can you talk about that a little bit, about the people that are down there and how you've been able to minister to them? Yeah, so we w I went down for, for 22 days solid and to stay in a hospital to where they give you seven treatments a day, seven days a week for 21 days. Wow. So it was really grueling, but it was wonderful. And the people were all a, a little bit isolated. We ate meals together and stuff. There was a chaplain there that was just leaving, and he wanted me to take his place. And since I'm a current pastor, so it's like I, I <laughs> put said, him to work. Right on. Yeah, I said, "Oh my, I, I'm here to get healed, and I'm weak, and I'm this and that, and I just uh, want to press into God and and not have a lot of responsibilities and stuff like that." Off duty sign. <laughs> yeah, off duty. Right, exactly. And I wasn't very happy or willing to think about it. I just wanted to be left alone. And after two or three days, the Lord just gave me compassion for them. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. So long and short thing, I ministered to them for six days out of 21. I didn't give the whole deal, but I did some. And I did it within the first two or three days that I was there. I was there for three weeks. Anyway, what I did is I gathered them all down in the lobby uh, by just telling them every meal that we're having a meeting tonight at seven o'clock, you know, da da da, and so about nine to nineteen people would show up, hmm. and I would teach, give a little of my testimony, and I would I'd do a little scripture exhortation, and then I would have them lay hands on and pray for each other. Because oh, the hospital is a Christian hospital, and people that come there are mainly Christians, so they did that. And after about six days of doing that, they formed a real community and mm -hmm. they really loved each other. And they would start praying for each other in the meal room and things like that. And so they started looking at me as a chaplain. And one night at 11 o'clock, this lady banged on the door and we were up asleep. And it reminded <laughs> me of the Bible where the neighbor was knocking on yeah. the door and he's not going to stop. Dude, come on, I need a loaf of bread. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, up. yeah exactly. On. So we got up and opened the door and his wife of one of the guys was said, he's going to die. We're afraid he's going to die tonight. And we're, I'm afraid, would you come in and pray for him? So, yep, I was all excited. And no, I, I, <laughs> I drug myself down there and <laughs> he was afraid he was going to die in Mexico and his wife would have to, get his body across the border back in the United States. That sounds States. complicated. Yeah, so he was just going to transfer over to the VA unit in La Jolla, and if you die as a veteran, they sort of take care of you and transport your body and all that kind of stuff. He was really scared that he was going to be a burden to his wife and everything. And I just simply prayed for him and didn't make any declarations or anything like that, but uh, he had such a profound sense of peace that came over him he said, I think I'll stay here. Mm -hmm. All of his fear of his wife, mm -hmm. his fear of dying, everything just went away. And then the next day, uh, a total stranger volunteered to give him some platelets in his blood. Wow. So he gave him a transfusion and made things better. But we prayed for him every day. Everybody would pray for him as well. 
and he got better and better, and he, he was able to receive all the treatment in the hospital for the next three weeks. We oh, did this Jesus. right in the very beginning. Praise God. Yeah, so he made it through, and, he, and it was wonderful. All, all I did was just, in the middle of the night, not enthusiastic or anything, just go and just pray for him, and God did the rest. Yeah. That speaks so loudly to me. Even if you're not entirely willing or enthusiastic, or even if you might be going through some stuff yourself right now in a season, God will use you. Mm -hmm. You just yeah. have to be that mustard seed willing just enough to open the door, get out of bed, and say a prayer. Yeah, it's really obedience. You don't have to want to. You don't have to feel like it. But you're, when you obey the Holy Spirit, something happens because he has a purpose to tell you to do something. Amen. Yeah, and it's an adventure. Yes, Absolute. So how did this adventure that you're on with Jesus get started? How'd you meet the Lord? What was your life like before that? And how'd you get introduced to him? And what were the early days like? Well, I was young, about nine and a half years old. And my brother was killed in the same room with me. It was a real traumatic experience. A lot of bad looking stuff. My mom and dad wouldn't even come into the room. And I was on the top bunk of a bunk bed, so I had to get down and get outside. That affected me quite a bit. That Sunday, a total stranger came to the house and offered to take me to Sunday school because none of us went to church, my mom and dad and nobody. So I said, yeah, I would like to do that. I asked my mom, and she said, okay. And it's in a real small, safe town where a stranger could pick you up and take you, and nobody would think of anything Yeah. How things have changed. Wow, yeah. yeah. Anyway, he took he took me to Sunday school and dropped me off, and I never saw him again, ever. Hmm. But <laughs> it was amazing because we, amazing. we asked all my brother's friends and everything, they'd never heard of this guy. So anyway. Wow. I'm just thinking that might have been an angel. He's an angel, yeah. Yeah, we don't know. Anyway, I started Sunday school, and we went through Sunday school class, the Book of Mark. At the end of it, the teacher said, now you've read about the life of Jesus and all the things he's done and who he is and everything else. How many of you would like to accept Christ in your heart? Wow. Raise your hand. So I raised my hand and a few others raised their hands. And then the next week we were going to be baptized in water. So we put our white robes on, baptismal right on. garments, and we got in the water. And when I came up out of the water, ah, the presence of God was on me. Hallelujah. I felt it as strong then as I have ever since, even now. And nothing has been any stronger than that. And it, and it was phenomenal. Then the others, when they came out of the water, they were joking and cussing. And I said, wow, whatever happened to me did not wow. happen to them. <laughs> yeah. And that's how I began. When we're telling a story about something that happened and there's all sorts of amazing things that happen. I always think about the other person in the story. And I had an encounter with someone that I thought might have been an angel once, but let's say it wasn't an angel. Let's just say it was an obedient Christian who the Lord said, hey, go pick up this kid and take him to church. People that are listening to this right now, they can do that. Yeah. Now, they might have to have a little bit of relationship with the family, not just show up out of the blue, right? Well, I never saw this guy in my life, but, yeah. but today's different. You're right. So the thing is, is that the role that you play, everybody plays a different part in God's plan. You very rarely get to be the whole, the only tool 
that God uses, like uh, Apollos and Paul and all of that. So that's something that somebody can pick up just from that story themselves. I can take a nine-year-old kid to Sunday school and he might turn out like Michael Cook, who has <laughs> ministered to thousands of people over the course of your life. Um, well, one thing that I wanted to talk a little bit about, you've written a bit, you've taught a ton, and I've taken your classes and all sorts of people have. And uh, I brought with us a book that I have of yours, which you told me you've actually updated. And, you know, we're based on 1 Peter 3.15. And what this book, Practicing the Presence of God for 30 Days, what it says to me when I read it is that it's like that secret life with God. Yes. So that in 1 Peter 3.15, it talks about set Christ aside as Lord in your life. Sanctify him as Lord of your life. I've got a feeling that anybody who runs around trying to share Jesus, they've got to have some Jesus to begin with, right? And like you said earlier, we share what Christ has given us. So you got to get to know him and spend time with him and get the stuff that he needs to give you to give them. So it fits in perfectly with what we are trying to equip and encourage people with. So can you tell us a little bit about practicing the presence of God and what you've updated as well in this book, which by the way, at the end of the show, I'm going to tell everybody I'm going to give that book away okay, for great, free to great. anybody that asks, I'm going to give Lord. it to you. So why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Well, practicing the presence of God with Brother Lawrence is where it all started. And I took his book, which is a public domain, I took 150 of his principles and made them into five per day for 30 days. Hmm. Then I put a scripture in front and a scripture behind and, and gave examples of how to pray those. Now, in the new book I have, I renamed it to Practicing God's Presence, a 30-day adventure. Instead of just giving an example of the scriptures, I prophesy the scriptures to you. I take the scripture and just say it as if God himself were saying that scripture to you. you know? Kind of like, come away, my beloved, Yeah, how that yes. language is, which yeah. was so impactful for me. Yeah. So this is how I learned. When I went to flight school, I got there three months early, and they had me uh, cleaning toilets and showers and buffing hallways and cleaning windows. And Which is really important to flying. Yeah, very. <laughs> I ran a rotary uh, buffing Snake? machine. Oh, okay. On the wax floors, you know. So anyway, it was so boring and I was so angry because I was there and I wanted to fly and here I am doing this and stuff for three months. I didn't know it was going to be three months, but <laughs> I thought, wait a minute, I've, I've read that book, you know, about practicing the presence of God. So, I got it and I reread it and I just everything I did I just said Lord I thank you for this uh, I thank you for these cigarette butts on the on the grass that I can pick up for you and this is, I, I can't do a lot of service for a lot of stuff but I can serve you here by just being grateful for being able to be here and do everything that you assign me to do this is your assignment and I'm following you and just fellowship with you in it so I'm cleaning the windows or i said lord i'm doing this for you and i just think and his presence would come on me mm. and then i it's like i got so much interested in his presence and walking with him and talking back and forth that i forgot all about how boring and lowly it is to to do all this stuff and it was a joy to do that for three months straight and i just did it and did it and did it and i just walked it was wonderful. What a rich time. Yeah, yeah. I would pick a piece of trash on the ground when I wasn't 
on duty and I'd throw it in a trash can and say, Lord, I'm doing this for you because I love you and there's not a lot I can do right now, but I can do this. That's why I want to give this book to people because that's an adventure. That is a rich, deep time. I remember when I first read Brother Lawrence, just a guy was doing that in a, not a convent. What are you talking about? A monastery. Monastery, yeah. Yeah, he was a brother. He wasn't a priest. Yeah. All and the priests would come to him. Yeah, because he had such a simple, powerful, amazing faith and relationship with the Lord yes. that people don't see. That's yes. why I, um, I was teaching some kids over at Future Quest and talking to them about questions Christians hope no one asked them. One of the first things I said is, if nobody's asking you questions, then you need to think about that because you need to live a life that compels questions. And I know you guys are teenagers, but uh, we need to change the world and come on, we need you. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, it was really excellent. And, and Brother Lawrence and yourself, uh, you live lives that, that compels questions. And the Lord used, was that in flight school for helicopters at the time or was that just? Yes. Okay. In and the then, Army, U.S. Army. We could go for hours, mm -hmm. Matthew, with Michael Cook stories. But one that I'm interested in, because uh, on one of our episodes, forget the number, Matt, maybe we can put it in the show notes, Matt's dad, he recently was able to share the Lord with Andrea Bocelli. Mm -hmm. You had a similar experience in that God used that training that you got and that ability to fly for a kind of famous guy named Tony Robbins. Whoa. That's right, yeah. So explain to everybody who's listening what that experience was like in, in your relationship with Tony Robbins. Well, it was very interesting because I was the chief flight instructor um, in that school, and um, I instructed millionaires, self-made millionaires, how to fly. <laughs> <laughs> Out of my 35 students, probably about 25 were self-made millionaires. And Tony Robbins was one of them. And each one of them told me their story of how they became a millionaire with just from a worker to their ideas and what they did and their boldness and stuff. And Tony Robbins is one of those guys. And I flew a total of about uh, 20 hours one-on-one -on -one with him and just talking back and forth and stuff like that. And that was really helpful. And uh, the reason he uh, signed up with me is his regular instructor was gone. And uh, he flew with me because there's nobody else there to fly with. So, and I was available. And I knew Ken Blanchard and read his books and stuff like that. So I started using all kinds of techniques that I learned from Ken Blanchard. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Ken Blanchard and Tony Robbins are real good friends. Is that right? Yeah, and they, uh, he says, wow, where did you learn this? Because I was basically teaching him the same things that he teaches others. <laughs> and then, He hadn't heard what he taught. <laughs> yeah, but he was really infatuated with me and I was more kinesthetic and he's more visual. He's jumping around and yelling and stuff like that. And I'm real calm and quiet. So I taught him how to take this helicopter that's real sensitive and stuff and how to move real slowly in a real kinesthetic way and, and get the most thrill out of possible. And he just never thought it was possible. I would go scooting along the ground and, and then just slightly pull back and go straight up about 150 feet and, and stop. <laughs> on top of a, a palm tree and i'd reach out and have him take a piece of palm tree out of you know because oh, we wow. had the doors open and then just slide off backwards and then fall straight down and then come into a to a landing 
right there in front of the palm tree. He, and I just barely moved the controls to do that. And he says, wow. Yeah. You know, he just had this thrill of kinesthetic that he had never had before. And it really helped him in that development of his kinesthetic attitude. So yeah. I was really pumped about that. But he taught me some things, too, that was really helpful. Just good, solid thinking processes and things like that. And didn't you have like the Guinness Book of Records for walking on fire there for a little while? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, we walked uh, barefooted and 34 feet on the fire, the hot coals. Yeah. And I know it wasn't fake because the guy in front of me burned his feet and the guy behind me burned their feet and then I didn't burn mine. So it's like, wow. See, everybody that's listening, Matt, that everybody, Sarah used to call it, just like you. Yeah. See, right. see you guys, yeah. you're all yeah, listening. Just like yeah, you're just like Michael. And my gosh. Michael, could you just give some encouragement to the people who are listening about sharing the love of Christ, being intentional about that, and how people need encouragement to get involved and to get activated, to know that the Lord will absolutely use them. What would you tell somebody who's wondering, how can God use me? I would say that it's so important that we receive God's love and that we have that love in us and it just flows out through us. So we let God's love come to us and then restore us and then we share it with others. And it may be, it's according to you. If you're a server, that's part of the way you love. So you don't have to be telling them a lot of words. You just do what you do. Do it as unto the Lord because you're doing it to the Lord anyway. The people are just the methods of the way you do it to the Lord. So that's very important. And then to be yourself and not to try to do it a certain method or a certain way. Just be yourself and, and just be open and ask God to give you divine encounters. And then all of a sudden you find yourself stumbling into somebody or whatever that there's something is going on, then you have to pay attention to it and catch it and do something about it. But just be yourself. And like the questions that you're afraid of, Oh, what if they ask me some question I can't answer, or this or that? And, and I, I'd say the difference between we Christians and others who are not Christians, or any stage of being a Christian, of your real beginning or mature, or whatever it may be, is that we're all pretty much the same kind of beings. We're human beings. We're the same people. We have the same fears, same troubles, same trials. God doesn't guarantee that we will be safe from the things that happen to everybody. People get sick, people fall down, scrape their knees, they crash their cars and stuff like that. Everybody does that. Just because you become a Christian doesn't mean that stops. You keep doing it. And the difference is that God's with you, gives, us, gives you his presence, and gives you a peace. Whereas the non-Christians don't yeah. get that. Mm-hmm. So they can ask you any question they want to, and if you say, you know, I really don't know the answer to that, but all I know is that when things happen to me, God's with me and I have his peace, and it's really comforting. That's the mentality behind people asking me questions that I don't know. I'm going to be myself. I'm not going to make something up or feel bad that I don't know the answer. I just say, I, I'm just struggling through the world like you are, but God gives me his peace and guidance, and it's an adventure. Whereas I'm not protected from bad things happening to me. Yeah. But we are promised that God won't leave us or forsake us, and he gives us his presence, which is like a peace and a grace and a joy in the midst of what's going on. 
And that gives you great contentment and confidence to be yourself instead of trying to fake it and be somebody else. Yeah, it's way more powerful, and especially if you've gone through stuff. Yeah. Because then God uses that to help somebody else that's going through something very, very similar, right? Yeah, that's right. Oh, so good. Hey, um, Michael, would you, would you just do us the honor and pray for the people who are listening about entering into this and whether they're scrubbing floors or upside down in a helicopter with Tony Robbins <laughs> or 34 feet into a firewalk, I guess, wherever God has placed them that he can use them and that they are sent just like Jesus was sent to us. So would you pray for everybody? You bet. Lord, we just thank you so much, Father, for all these people that are listening that are just regular everyday people like like Kevin and me yeah. and Matt. And we just thank you so much that you love your people. You love their humanity. You love us right where we are. And I look back on my life and I can see, how in the world did you love me then? When I did that, how did you, how did you love me then? Mm -hmm. And then the more I live, the more I realize, wow, you've loved us before we ever created us. And we just thank you, Father. And we ask you right now to just give a peace and an encouragement to everyone that wants to evangelize but that is afraid or doesn't know how or just is not a talker like me. I'm not much of a talker, but I can share what's going on with me with someone. And when you prompt me, Lord, all I have to do is be aware of things people I bump into and just be nice to them and be myself and just tell them it's a good day or whatever. And then things start from there and you interject things. And we, then we, I get to say things that you give to me and they say things and I'll answer their questions. And, and just a tremendous interaction starts going on. That's not natural. It's mm. supernatural. Mm. Mm. And it's an, an divine encounter. And Lord, I, I just pray that as people are themselves and they do what they do, that they just make that decision and say, that, well, Lord, I'll just talk to them and be nice to them in the way I am and uh, see what happens. Amen. We thank you so much, Lord. We just bless them and what you're doing with them, whatever stage of life of evangelizing or witnessing or whatever is they're in, I just bless that stage. And you love them and accept them the way they are and are always encouraging us all to do the work of an evangelist, even though we're not an evangelist, or some of us are. But I've never been an evangelist. So, Lord, it's always been hard for me to talk to outsiders and strangers and stuff. But now you've made it easier for me to just be myself and not try to fake something or know something I don't know. And I just thank you so much for this opportunity to just bless your people yeah. and uh, encourage them to just be themselves and look for opportunities to do what they do and see how God permeates that in an adventure and an excitement and in a, in a discovery of what he's doing with people around you. Yeah. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord. Yes, Amen. absolutely. Amen. So a, a couple of things. One is the when I get your books, I'll put it on the website. It's sent315.org. And we have other resources that people should check out. But if you contact us through sent315.org and say, what's the na new name of the book? 
practicing God's presence, a 30-day adventure. Okay. You ask for that there, or we have a Facebook community. It's a Sent315 Facebook community, and there's hundreds of people on there. All you got to do is post in there, and we'll just give you that book for free because I think this is a real springboard. Just like you scrubbing floors prepared you in a deep, lifelong way. I can tell by the way you say it and the way you remember it, it affected you for your whole life. Yeah, That's how powerful this could be. And we want people to know that equipping by God happens when you get close to him and you seek relationship and, and his presence. And then you're sent.